is this a, an actual problem that could be related to, to underlying pathophysiology of some brain disease? Or is this the chickens coming home to roost of a really hard, really stressful year for a lot of people? Welcome to More Life. In this episode, Hartford HealthCare's Steve Coates talks to Dr. Amy Sanders, director of Hartford HealthCare's Memory Care Center. They explore some topics most of us can definitely relate to, including brain fog, stress-related memory loss, and what we can all be doing to stave off age-related memory loss. Here's Steve Coates. Doctor, we've seen some reports most recently in the New York Times about people experiencing a sort of brain fog during the COVID pandemic, not necessarily COVID patients, but people who are experiencing the stress of COVID. How do people know uh, if it's brain fog or if it's something else? And this is this a normal occurrence? Stress makes the brain, the mind unhappy. And when one is in a heightened state of stress. It's kind of like having a mini fight or flight response going all the time. And that's not good for the brain. And one of the consequences of that is that the the brain starts to go a little bit on the fritz. And many people are now coming forward with, with complaints and concerns that they're starting to lose their minds. Is this the beginning of the long, slow descent into dementia? And for the vast majority of people, the answer to that question is almost certainly going to be no. It's a consequence of stress. It's happening to, to everybody. More recently, a friend of mine mailed me a package with postage, but oops, no address. You know, these sorts of complaints of these weird little out of character oversights are legion now. They're just coming from, from everybody. And, and in our memory care center, we're beginning to see more and more patients who ultimately will wind up reassuring that they are among the worried well. Because in fact, when their cognitive machinery is put to the test, it works fine. So that's, that's what most people find. And when do you know when to seek medical attention and when is it something more than, than just brain fog? If it's more than a minor thing. So if you can't remember where your keys are, you can't find your keys, and it turns out that you left them in your coat pocket instead of putting them in the bowl by the door where you usually put your keys. That's a minor oversight. If your keys wind up in the freezer, that's potentially an indication of a bigger problem because that's really quite out of the ordinary. Most people or a lot of people are experiencing what we call a tip of the tongue phenomenon. That's that feeling that you have when you're in the kitchen and you can't remember why you're there. And sometimes if you walk back into the living room, it pops back into your head or you can't access the word that you want in the moment that you want it. But five minutes later, five hours, three days later, the word pops into your head. When the overall pattern is that the thing comes back to you, you remember why you were in the kitchen or the word that you wanted pops up in your head, that's generally speaking an indication that everything is okay. If it never comes back to you, and this is a repeated and consistent problem, then maybe, it might be worth um, having it checked out. And I'm guessing some people might shrug it off and say, I'm getting older, memory loss is just part of the aging process. Memory loss is never a normal feature of aging. We used to think that it was. And, and by used to, I mean, as recently as the late 1980s, maybe even as far in, um, as the early 1990s, but now we know better. 
and we no longer consider um, frank memory dysfunction to be a permissible part of what we otherwise call normal cognitive aging. As we get older, the brain ages the same way that our skin does and our hair does and our joints do. And the manifestations in the brain are that things, the biggest thing is that things take longer. You remember the name of that person you've only met a few times. It takes longer to learn how to use the new smartphone. Eventually, you should be able to learn it. It's just going to take a little bit longer. Same thing with, with memories. It may take a while. It may take a little bit longer than you think it should to remember somebody's name or to uh, you know, remember all of the details of a past event. But eventually, they should come back to you. It's some underlying pathophysiologic process. So if it is brain fog, what can people do to help mitigate that? Is it exercise? Is it seeing or seeking behavioral health uh, expertise or a neurologist? Any or all of those might might be appropriate for any given individual. Um, I, there is no particular kind of brain fog that affects people um, as a result of pandemic fatigue. So uh, if you think about people who are sleep deprived, um, if you've had a very couple of ba very bad nights of sleep, um, or if you're in some sort of job that requires you to be on, on call for ridiculous lengths of time, such as being a, a resident in training, although most of that um, has been at least legally abolished, you know, you have that sense of feeling, you know, almost intoxicated, almost drunk. You don't function as well. You don't make the connections as quickly as you normally do. You feel sort of fuzzy. Um, and as though, you know, you your, your eyes are, are drifting closed all the time. Um, and it's, it, that sensation is, is the same, whether the, the fog is coming from sleep deprivation, from um, COVID, um, you know, worries about the pandemic, or, you know, um, having a plumbing crisis in, in your house. Um, the fog is, the, is essentially the same. There's nothing that I'm aware of anyway that is specific to COVID, other than the number of people who are now experiencing it because of the stress of the past year. As people are staying healthier now, well into their lives, do you have any advice for people as they age to keep their memory sharp? Right. So put another way, that question is, how can I reduce my chances of eventually developing cognitive decline or dementia? And once upon a time, we gave information about that on the basis of common sense. But starting about a year and a half ago, actual evidence to support, to build a, a basis underneath that common sense started to emerge. I don't think it's yet made it into the literature, but it's, it has been announced at, at meetings. Um, so there are five things that one can do. And if one does four of them, chances are that, that you can reduce by healthy amounts on the risk of later dementia. First, don't smoke. Secondly, if you're going to consume alcoholic beverages, do so in moderation and red wine is best. Try to eat as much of a so-called Mediterranean diet as possible. The word diet there is really something of a misnomer because it's not a diet where you're counting calories or carbohydrates or, or grams of fat. It's a, uh, it's a lifestyle. So it's eating as though you live along the shores of the Mediterranean Sea. More olive oil than Crisco. More fish than beef. More legumes like beans and lentils rather than potatoes. It is a delicious way of cooking and it can be adapted to all kinds of other um, 
you know, cooking situation. So Mediterranean diet for the vegan, uh, for the grill, for the crock pot, lots and lots of Mediterranean diet um, cookbooks out there. Getting some physical activity uh, with obviously, you know, the blessing and, and permission of one's physician. Aerob uh, you know, some aerobic activity at least three times a week if you can manage it. The brain loves the increased blood flow that it gets when um, the body is exercising aerobically. And then finally, exercising your brain itself. And by this, I do not mean please go out and sign up for some computerized brain training program. Merely doing things that stimulate your brain on a regular basis. And here, more is more. In architecture, less is more. But here, more is more. So the more different kinds of things that you can do per day and the more novelty you can introduce into that doing, the better off your brain will be. So uh, crossword puzzles, Sudoku puzzles, there are all kinds of um, uh, games now um, that one can play on one's smartphone. Um, I happen to have a couple of those on my smartphone. I, I, I tend to be much more verbal than spatial, so I tend to do the spatial ones more because that's a weakness. And because I don't um, naturally drift in that direction, it's also new to my brain. If you normally read science fiction, try reading some mystery novels, that sort of thing. In addition, monitor your sleep and do everything you can in order to keep your sleep healthy. Your advice to anyone experiencing memory loss or brain fog? I think certainly talking with one's primary care physician is a reasonable thing to do. And then that should prompt the, the um, physician to, to ask some questions to sort of get a sense of, of is this a, a, an actual problem that could be related to, to underlying pathophysiology of some brain disease? Or is this, um, you know, sort of the, the uh, chickens coming home to roost of a really hard, really stressful year for a lot of people? Dr. Amy Sanders, thanks so much for your time. You're most welcome. Thank you, Steve Coates and Dr. Sanders. If you would like to learn more about services offered at Hartford HealthCare's Memory Care Center, go to hartfordhealthcare.org slash memory care. For Hartford HealthCare, I'm Anne de Pierre. Thanks for listening to More Life. I'm ready for my close-up. All the faces start to light up. You know I love this feeling. I got more life in my life. If you feel it, then you know. We can go anywhere we want to go. You're going to love this feeling. We got more life in our life. Oh, I won't stop going. No sign of slowing. life.